you know any stubborn people? I mean, besides you, of course. And besides me. I had someone write in and said, Rick, you know what? Hey, I need some help counseling a stubborn couple. The question was very good, and I thought that it would benefit all of us since we all know somebody who is stubborn. Perhaps you have that relationship in your life. You're trying to help a stubborn couple to get along with each other. Well, I trust that this podcast will be a benefit to you. I have two infographics here. I have a short video here. I have some additional articles as well. One of the articles is titled, When is Enough Enough? The Hardest Thing You'll Ever Do. Because the truth is, sometimes you will have to terminate a counseling session or a discipleship context because the two people are just battlers and for the for the near future or maybe eternity, they're going to be battlers and you really know that there's nothing else that you can do for them. Before you do pull the plug, I would encourage you to read that article embedded in this one called When Is Enough Enough? The Hardest Thing to Do. The title of this podcast and the article, I Need Help Counseling a Stubborn Couple. And so if you want to read this article, look at the graphics, watch the video, get the links to the other articles, you can do that by going to this one. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. It is a pleasure to serve you. Our mission is to help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. It is what we do. It is what we have been doing for a while. There are four parts to our mission statement. We help people. That's the big idea. And then the other three parts are how we do it. We provide practical tools. We don't talk in theory here, not at this ministry. We take God's Word and we try to practicalize it in ways that give you tools, give you handles to hold on to, to help you to walk through this world well and walk through this world well with other people. So our mission is to help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training. That's the third part of our four-part mission statement. Ongoing training, because sanctification is not a one-and-done deal. The Lord saved us whenever He did. I trust that you are a believer. If you are not, you can be one. Jesus said in John 3, 7, you must be born again. And so if you're not born again, saved, a Christian, regenerated, different ways of saying this. But if you're not a Christian, I invite you to be one. If you need some help, please come to our ministry and we would we would love to help you uh, to trust Christ. But our training, or we practice ongoing training, because again, sanctification is not a one-and-done deal. We need to work out our salvation always, not to keep us in heaven, but so that we can be upfitted for this fallen world, so that we can be Christ-like. Our mission is to help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training, and then the fourth part, effective living. That is the goal. We want to be Christ-like. We want to be mature believers. We want to take God's Word and we want to live it practically and relevantly and transformatively among those whom we associate, hoping that we can share the good news with them and help them on their journey as well. And so if we can serve you,
I had a gentleman write in from Albania, and he asked the question, can I translate your articles into our language? The answer to that question is always yes and amen. Just let us know what you're doing, and we'll have to trust that you're translating it accurately, since I do not speak Albanian. But if you want to translate our articles into any language, you're welcome to do that. Talk to us about it, and we would encourage you to do so. Currently, we have some of our articles in German, Spanish, Finnish, French, Mandarin, and Portuguese. Most of them are in Spanish and Portuguese. And so if you are interested in any reading any of those articles, German, Spanish, Finnish, Fran French, Mandarin, and Portuguese, you're welcome to do that. And if you want to translate one of our articles into your native language, that would be fantastic. I need help counseling a stubborn couple. <clears throat> Every discipler knows that they cannot change anyone. You are aware of that, right? Parent, you can't change that child. No, you can't. It is impossible. Child, the news is bad for you too. If you believe that you can change your parents, you can't. Now, this worldview becomes acute when you're weakly trying to help someone transform. Though you cooperate with the Lord in the change process, only He can grant repentance. And so this case study that I want to present to you is bringing that dilemma to the forefront as we have an angry couple sitting in front of us. I want to read to you the note that my member wrote in, the, what he was asking and what he was doing with this couple, and then I'll share my response to him, and I'll give you some additional information, and again, I trust it will serve you. He said, hey, Rick, I'm feeling much more confident in my approach to marriage problems as I listen to drive-by marriage myself. But I have a question when using it with couples. Now, Drive-By Marriage is an audio series that we uh, collaborated with Todd Frill of Wretched Radio. Todd called me a number of years ago, and he's pitched this idea of Drive-By Marriage. And so what I did is I took 250 articles from my website, and we got, I got together with Todd in Atlanta, and we, we condensed those 250 articles into just over 30 different topics, all topics on marriage. And then we got together for two and a half days, I believe, in front of the microphones, and we talked it out. And we basically, what we ended up with, the end product, is what we call drive-by marriage. But there are 30 topics that are all about 15 minutes in length of Todd talking to me and asking me questions about these topics. And it has been a huge encouragement to people globally. We continue to receive emails and comments from folks who have listened to Drive-By Marriage. And if you haven't, if you don't have this uh, MP3 series, I would encourage you to get it. You can go to our store to find the links to Wretched Radio, and you can download it to your computer or your mobile device, and you can listen to it. The idea behind it is that the average commute in America is 20 minutes. 
And so we wanted to make an audio series that was around 15, 16 minutes in length so that you could listen to something going on to work and something coming back or as you're going about doing whatever you're doing in your in your vehicle. And so that's drive-by marriage. And so this man is riding in and he's becoming more confident in his approach to marriage problems because he's been listening to drive-by marriage. And then we had another friend who took the drive-by marriage series and he made a workbook, a Q&A workbook. And so you can download the workbook and the audio series and it makes a fantastic homework assignment. And I do highly recommend it. And that is what he is doing with this stubborn and angry couple. He says, continue, my couple will not stop arguing when I have them together and it's hard to accomplish much. So I'm going to counsel them each alone for a few sessions. It could take a while to get through the whole set of CDs one lecture at a time while having them listen and fill in the notes on the discussion guide printouts. Would it ever be a good idea to have them listen through the CDs without filling in the answers in the discussion guide, then come back and do one lecture with the notes while filling in the answers more slowly? That's his question. He finishes by saying, also, will they get just as much benefit if doing it on their own for now? They turn everything into an argument or something to use against each other. Will you help me through the process? And so I want to answer that question here. But it did remind me of an article that I wrote some time ago called Grenade Launching, a post-counseling event. And that is when you begin to unpack a couple in a counseling session, and maybe one of them is becoming vulnerable in the moment, and they share some things in their lives, and an exercise of humility, and then when the couple gets home, the other person in the marriage, they use that against them. I call it grenade launching, post-counseling event, where they launch that grenade across the room and blow up their spouse because now they have data on them that they can use against them. And that is an unfortunate reality that happens in too many counseling sessions and that's what's going on with my friend here. He says they turn everything into an argument or something to use against each other. It's really awful, and it is sad. My quick response to him was, you're welcome to use the Drive-By Marriage series and workbook in any way that you believe is best. There is a way of doing things, and there is the way of doing something. So when it comes to your question, you want to use purposeful freedom because we're, talking of, we're not talking about the way. We're talking about a way. Very few things are the way. Most things are a way, especially when it comes to counseling. All disciples must be pneumatic. And when I say pneumatic, that's my way of saying that you follow the Spirit's illuminations as you subjectively perceive them. One of the worst things you can do in a counseling context or any discipleship context is prescript what you are going to say to the person, like say the day before, this is what I'm going to say to the person tomorrow when we meet. You don't want to do that. That's bad counseling. And I don't want you counseling me if you already know what you're going to say 24, 24 hours before we, we meet. You want to be pneumatic. God will give you the words to say in the moment. You spend your life studying. You read scripture. You apply it to yourself. You, you, do, you, you do due diligence, and then you trust the Lord in the moment. 
And so in a situation like this, you don't want to say, well, this is the way and you always have to do it this way and there's no deviation. That's foolish. You don't want to do that. Now I go on to share with this gentleman here that the primary key for you to remember is that repentance is God's work. And so you don't want to overthink your methods that may help them. You, you don't want to be sloppy. I did say you do due diligence. You are studying the Bible. You're reading it. You're practicalizing it to your life. You're always doing the work of discipleship. You're not a lazy person, a procrastinator. You're not a sloppy person. You're doing your work. But you want to relax as well because only God can change them. That's why I say, it's not my quote, I think it's Paul Miller in his book, A Praying Life, but the best counseling advice that you will ever receive, or the best parenting advice you'll ever receive, is to pray. Now, that's not only the best parenting advice, that's the best counseling advice as well, is to pray. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 24-25, that the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And then the last sentence, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. If this couple changes, it will be God who will change them, not you. That's why you want to relax. That's why you don't want to overthink or overworry this. God's got this, and if he wants to change them, he will change them. And so if you want to use drive-by marriage this way, use it this way. If you want to use it with them as a couple, going through it piece by piece, doing the workbook at the, time, at, at the same time, you can do that. But if they are a battling couple and they turn everything into an argument and grenade launching, perhaps you want to separate them as you are suggesting. The couple that you're describing doesn't want to change, and that's the bottom line. They are less about changing and they are more about arguing with each other. And so part of your approach with them is to wait them out until the Lord grants repentance, assuming that he will do this for them. I'm not saying that he will do this for them, but he may. But your responsibility, you can't grant repentance, and so you would describe yourself as a waiter-outer. You're a waiter-outer. You're waiting them out because there's nothing you can do since change is not dependent on you, but on the Lord and the folks that you are counseling. This is between you, this is between them and God. Now realize there is an element of mystery in what I just said to you, and, and you must be comfortable with this aspect of discipleship. Honestly, you are a side component. Parent, if we put this in a, a family context, you are a side component to what God is doing in your child's life as you wait for this change to happen, which for the counselor here, for my friend who's asking this question, what this implies is what you want to do is you want to stretch out the counseling sessions as long as you possibly can while pleading with God to change them. There is little else you can do when two stubborn people refuse to humble themselves before God and before each other. 
I pastored for a while on staff with other pastors, and when we pastored, we used to say, here's a quote that we, we said somewhat often. The quote is really short. It's only five words, keep them in the building. There it is, keep them in the building. That was our primary goal with many of the people that, that we were uh, caring for, that we were pastoring. It, it was our way, it was just a short way of saying that we were accepting the fact that transformation is in God's hands and our goal is to appeal to them to participate in all the context that the church provides. Now, sometimes in a counseling situation like this, uh, I ask, how many times can I walk around this block with them saying the same things over and over again in different ways while hoping this couple will decide to stop railing on each other and change? Quite honestly, it was easier pastoring because there were many contexts in the local church to keep them in the building. They could participate on Sunday morning. They could participate in small groups. They can interact with other couples uh, in the church. They could interact in the youth meeting. They could, do, they could do so many things. They could work in children's ministry. They can be on the music team. There's so many different things that a couple could do in a church to where they can benefit from all the means of grace in a church. And so keeping them in the building was not nearly as hard as keeping someone in a counseling session where it's just you and that's why sometimes in a counseling situation like this, where people are so stubborn and unchanging, I'm asking this question, how many times can I walk around this block saying the same things over and over again, but in different ways, while hoping that this couple will decide to stop railing on each other and change? You have one thing to, check, uh, to say to them. and It's like this. You, you say it this way. We, you both need to repent. Or will you both repent. I mean, that's what you need to say to them. Now, the question is, is how can you keep them in the building? How can you keep doing this over and over again, hoping to stay connected with them as you wait out God to grant repentance to them? And so you have to discern how many different ways you can call them to repentance while praying that they will eventually listen and change. Now, unfortunately, this couple is not mature enough to receive counseling together. In a technical counseling world, that's called conjoint counseling, where they're receiving counseling jointly together. And so what you will have to do as you are discerning here, you're going to have to divide and hopefully conquer because they won't stop biting and devouring one another, as, as Paul talked about in Galatians. And so you're going to go from conjoint counseling to concurrent counseling meaning that you're going to counsel them separately, even though during the same season. Now, that's not the best way to counsel two people, but in the case that you have laid out here, it seems like that you have no choice. The best way is for them to be together conjointly. Now, the reason for that is, is because that's where you're taking them anyway. You're taking them to reconciliation. You're taking them to the place to where they can be together 24-7 without biting and devouring each other. And so if you start out conjointly, theoretically, you don't have as far to go. But if you have to go to concurrent counseling where you divide them, well, then you're taking a step back. Now you have farther to go 
because the, you'll start out concurrently now. They're separated. Then you'll bring them to conjoint counseling, which is the ideal starting place. And then you will work on reconciliation. And so it will take, it'll take a while to get to where you want to, assuming that God wants, uh, wants to do that. And so I would suggest to you to give them a diverse game plan. Yeah, give them their assignments separately. Let them go entirely through drive-by marriage as many times and as many ways as you can think of presenting that material to them. The truth is going through it one time is one of the ways that we read our Bibles, for example. It's one of the ways that we read books. We, we pick up a book, we pick up a Bible, and we read it from cover to cover. We read it all the way through. But the goal with any assignment, whether it's reading the Bible or an article or listening to a podcast, it's not to complete the material. That's not your primary objective, just to get her done. Your primary objective is for them to be mastered by the material. Material. You see, nobody will learn anything the first time through the content. You, and you know this from reading the Bible. You read the Bible through and you learn so much, and then you read it again and say, wow, I didn't see that this time. I typically do this with books. I listen to audio books, and I'll listen to an audio book 10 times. And as I do that, I hear stuff over and over again. See, the mistake that a lot of folks make when reading books is they complete a task, where they complete the book, and then they move on to the next one or to, to the next thing. But the material is not mastering them. I talk about it like sanctification chain smokers. They just do this over and over again, going from book to book to book to book, but the material is not ma mastering them. The Christian life is not about seeing how much content you can consume, but how the content is managing you. Thus, we read the Bible over and over again, not just once. I am sorry it has to be this way for you and for them, but I understand stubbornness <laughs> and a refusal to repent since I have done the same thing too many times. And so may the Lord Jesus give you the persevering grace that you need while motivating this couple to stay in the building, to stay in the process until the light of his glorious gospel breaks into the hearts. Now, it may come to a point, and you realize this, that it really isn't going anywhere, and I've gone around this block 10,000 times, and they persist in their stubbornness. Well, then you, you may have to think through some of this other content that I have linked here in this article. The one article that I mentioned, when is enough enough, the, <clears throat> the hardest thing you'll ever do. And then there's another one here, what to do when the counseling is not going anywhere. And I would encourage you uh, that you read those two articles because that may be something that you need to do. Now, I want to give you a few other tips and then I'll, I'll wrap up this podcast. Be sure to share other content from our website to them, not just drive-by marriage. You, you don't want to make this the way that you do counseling, that this is the way in which you help people because regardless of what you hear in our culture, everybody is not the same. God did not create people equally. People are different. People have different problems and there are different ways to help them. Jesus is the answer. Uh, but there are many different ways to help people to understand how to practicalize the message of Christ into their lives. And so it may be better for this couple, let's say, to read my book, 
change me instead of drive-by marriage. You don't want to force fit your idea of how the process should be onto the husband or the wife. This is what I was saying earlier about, you know, 24 hours earlier, you are scripting out what you are going to do for them. That is dangerous. It is unwise. Uh, it could really be careless for any counselor to script out premeditatively what they're going to do with a person. You want to be pneumatic. And so as you're thinking about this couple, think about the man, think about the woman. What are they like? Uh, how do they like to consume their content? You know, perhaps the man had, had rather listen and perhaps drive-by marriage is good for him. He'd rather listen than read and maybe he's not so much into writing and if you give him a writing assignment, you know, that could just be busy work that he, he kind of mails in because he's not interested in, in doing it the way that it should be done because that's not his thing. If you have more than one child, you see that in your children. You know, one child functions this way and the other one functions another way and you just can't cookie cutter a process. So I want you to think expansively as you think about this couple and just don't think that drive-by marriage is the way and they must do it that way. I would really encourage you to think about getting my book, Change Me, because it it takes you through the change process from beginning to end and it touches, it touches on all the topics that are really important for this couple or anyone that wants to experience transformation. That was the reason I wrote the book in the first place. It's called the Ultimate Life Change Handbook, and I don't mean that in a hyperbolic sense, but it is the accumulation of years and years of counseling, and you may find that if you gave them that book, that it would help. Maybe the wife would be more interested in reading that. In a stereotypical situation, the husband would be more interested in listening, not reading. The wife would benefit more from reading, but then again, I don't want to uh, predetermine here what this couple is like, but I want you to think about a few other things. Now, I have a link here to my book, Change Me. I also have a link to marriage articles, and so maybe you want to scroll through marriage articles. I have over 50 of them that you can read, and, and some of them will jump out, and it will be important for them. I have communication articles, which is an issue with them too. And then I have a link here for husbands and a link for wives. So I have wife articles and husband articles. And so as you think about them concurrently, maybe you want to take another approach and speak directly to the wife uh, with things that she can learn through these articles and podcasts and then also do uh, the husband as well. And then one final thing, I have a graphic here in this article and it's called Body to Body Ministry or that's the idea of it. I won't explain all this graphic to you, but I would love for you to look at it. And as it lays out, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are nine different contexts for this person to experience change. And I want you to look at the graphic and, and make sure that you are using all nine of these things to help this person, not just biblical counseling. Biblical counseling is not bad, but it is woefully inaccurate, uh, inadequate when you're talking about progressive sanctification because biblical counseling is a, a seasonal process as you come alongside a person or a couple in this case to help them change, but that season will end. 
You'll have so many counseling sessions with them, and then it will stop. It will terminate one way or the other. Guess what? They're not going to stop sinning until they meet Jesus. And so they need to be contextualized in a local church, and you need to help them. And this graphic lays this out for them. And so you want to think about a friend that you can bring alongside them. Uh, you do want to get them in their church, attending their church meetings and fellowshipping with the body of Christ. And you also want to teach them how to serve. The goal for this couple is not for them to get better. That is never the end game in a counseling situation. Someone comes in and says, I want to get better. That's why I'm here. That's only the 50-yard line. That's only half of the process. And so you want to take them from their dysfunction to getting better to where they can connect and relate to each other and, and not do the grenade launching thing, but you want to do more than that. You want them to go out and to make disciples. And so you want to begin with, you want to have this worldview of what discipleship care looks like for them. And then you want to begin introducing these ideas to him, to them so that you're not in the bondage of just having counseling sessions. Minimally, what you have here are concurrent counseling sessions using drive-by marriage. My point here is I want you to expand that notion. I want you to think expansively and comprehensively about how you can help this couple and not just pigeonhole things into one way of doing things. Now, apparently, from reading this, you have benefited from drive-by marriage and you want to use it with this couple. It could be that that is just not the approach that you need to take with the couple because it's not what they need. It's what you needed. It's what God did for you, but not what they needed. The title of this article here, I Need Help Counseling a Stubborn Couple. If you want to talk about somebody that you're trying to help, please come to our website. We have community forums for anybody in the world who has access to the internet. We have private forums for our supporting community. We would love to talk to you. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.